From the ends of the earth will I cry. Why don't we rise again and pray? Brother Laverne, would you pray for us, for me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, well, greetings in Jesus' name. I, too, was at the uh, men's leadership conference and it was tremendous. Brother Dale was probably my favorite topic, if I can say it that way, while the others were good. That was indeed just tremendous. Speaking on the Holy Spirit all week in such a way that seemed to bring it out of the heavens and down to where we live. Talked to a man. Uh, toward the end of the week, a young literate man from Elmendorf, and he said he had left the colony and went out into the world, got converted, and was among the, uh, I think he said the Pentecostal church for a number of years, and, and he eventually came back to the uh, colony now. He's been there for quite some time, and he said he has never heard, I think he used the word in Anabaptist, teach on the Holy Spirit like this ever since. Not once. And I came away with a desire, I, I'd like to say an intense desire. I hope it's intense, but an, a desire to so be aware and conscious and know the Holy Spirit, walk with the Lord through the Spirit that I won't be the same. That's my prayer. It was tremendous. Just take Andrew's children's lesson, for example, all that wisdom in the mind of God 
in the mind of the Spirit. And he lives in you and walks with you and guides you and me. If we live in the Spirit, and I believe Dale would have mentioned something like this, and are led by the Spirit and guided by the Spirit, it will take care of all our problems. Everyone. Wow. He said many things. I'll just give you one snapshot. Just, you know, Dale and his type of preaching, and maybe it affects you differently than it does me, but talked about Samson. He said, uh, Samson had the spirit of God. Samson lost the spirit of God. Samson got the spirit of God back, but he had to die to get it back. Ponder that. So it was, it was very good. <clears throat> this morning I'd like to <clears throat> bring a message uh, entitled Life Lessons from Anakin Jenks. Not sure if I say that last name right, but Anakin Jenks, you can read a part of her story in the Martyr's Mirror. It's not all of, the, all of it in there, but... Uh, this, I believe, comes out of Peter Hoover's book, The Secret of Their Strength, a little more full story of her account. But I'd like to read this account and then take about six points out of her writing for the message this morning. The uh, brother at the, my prayer group that was leading out read this the last, last evening, I believe, as we gathered together for prayer. So I'd like to read this account and then go through and pick out six points that I think we can apply to our life. I think it might even give some of the answers that Randall talked about this morning, some of the concerns of the world and, you know, the evil that is upon these, the Christians these days, how can we be kept? I think is kind of how Randall put it. <clears throat> All right, I'll go ahead and read this, then I'll come back and go on with the message. <clears throat> on the Coppin Strait in the Dutch city of Brel, Anakin Jenks led a sheltered life in the large house of her parents. They had no money. They had money, and she was their only child. Anakin, in the flower of her youth, met a young man called Arendt. He was a barber surgeon, and, the, and their love led to marriage. They should have been happy, but money, parties, nice dresses, and expensive wines do not meet the longings, did not meet the longings of their hearts. Then one night, another youth came to the Jank's home. His name was Maynard, and he spoke of following Christ. Before he left, he baptized Arendt and Anakin upon the confession of their faith. Because they got baptized, Aaron and Anakin had to flee. They left her parents' home and escaped across the English Canal to London. There a baby, there a baby, Esaias, joined their family 
But Aaron took sick and died. Anakin packed her few belongings and returned to be with believers in the Netherlands. Back in the Netherlands, on a wagon loaded with people traveling to Rotterdam, Anakin and a companion, Christina Michael Barents, sang Christian songs. It was a cold morning in December. A passenger suspected that they were Anabaptists and reported them as soon as they got to the city. The police arrested them as they boarded a boat to Delft. For one month, the women were kept in jail. Anakin cared for Esaias, now a year and three month old, and wrote a confession of faith. They were sentenced to, then they sentenced the two women to die. On the morning of the planned execution day, Anakin woke up early and wrote a letter. Esaias, receive your testament. Listen, my son, to the instruction of your mother. I'm now going the way of the apostles, prophets, and martyrs to drink from the cup which they drank. I'm going the way of Christ who had to drink from that cup himself. Since he, the shepherd, has gone this way, he calls his sheep to come after him. It is the way to the wellspring of life, water spring of life. This is the way the kings from the land of the rising sun came to enter the holy age. It is the way of the dead who cried from beneath the altar, Lord, how long? It is the way of those who were sealed in their foreheads by God. See, all these had to drink from the cup of bitterness, like the one who rescues us has said, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Rather, it is good enough for him to be made equal to him. No one comes to life except through this way. So go through this narrow gate and be thankful for the Lord's chastening. If you want to enter the holy world and the inheritance of the saints, follow them. The way to eternal life is only one step wide. On the one side is the fire and on the other side the sea. How shall you make it through? Look, my son, there are no shortcuts. There is no easier option. Every alternate route leads to death. The way of life is found by few and walked upon by fewer yet. My child, don't follow the crowd. Keep your feet from the way of the majority because it leads to hell. But if you hear of a poor, needy, and rejected little group that everyone makes fun of and hates, go there. When you hear the cross, when you hear of the cross, there is Christ. Don't draw back from the cross. Flee the world. Hold to God and fear him alone. Keep his commandments. Remember his words. Write them on your heart and bind them to your forehead. Speak of them day and night and you will become a fruitful plant. Keep your body holy for the Lord's service so that his name will be made great in you. Do not be ashamed to confess him before men. Do not be afraid of men. Rather, leave your life than depart from the truth. My son, struggle for what is right unto death. Put on the armor of God. Be a true Israelite. Kick injustice, the world, and all that is in its way, 
and all that is in it, away with your feet and love what is from above. Remember that you do not belong to the world, just like your father and mother did not belong to it. Be a true disciple of Christ and have no community with the world. Oh, my child, remember my instructions and do not leave them. May God let you grow up to fear him. May the light of the gospel shine in you. Love your neighbors, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Do not keep two of anything because others are sure to need what you do not. Share everything God gives you as a result of the sweat of your brow. Distribute what he gives to you. Give it to those who love God and hoard nothing, not even until the next morning. Then God will bless you. Oh, my son, lead a life that fits the gospel. And may the God of peace make you holy in body and soul. Amen. Oh, holy father, sanctify the son of your maidservant. Keep him from evil for your name's sake. After writing the letter, Anakin folded it and tied it up in a piece of cloth, along with a few coins she had left. She dressed Isaias, and at nine o'clock, in the white winter sunlight, they led her and Christina down the street to Delph, toward the city gates and the river Shy. Crowds of people lined the streets. On the way, on the way, Anakin called out, "I have a baby." Five quarters of a year old, who will take him? A baker, a poor man, a father of six. A a baker, a poor man, and father of six reached out and took Isaias. Isaias, I'm not saying that right. Anakin gave him the folded piece of cloth with the coins and the letter. Then they tied the women up, broke the ice, and threw them into the river. It was January the 24th. 1539. Quite a story. Well, like I said, I'd like to go through and take out a few points from what she had to say. First of all, I'd like to briefly talk about the water spring of life that she talked about there. It is the way to the water spring of life. I don't think the way to the water spring of life has changed today any. It's the way of the cross. The water spring of life, Christ is is there. He hasn't changed He is that well of water, gushing and ever flowing. And he said, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my name's sake shall find it. Shall find the water spring of life. Brothers and sisters, every time we take up the cross, we find it. We find it. Oh, may the Spirit lead us to always embrace the cross. Turn to John, and we'll look at a few references there for this point. John 1. 
we can have this. We don't need to wait till we have the death sentence over our heads to be drowned or burned or killed some other way. But daily, Jesus said, we should take up the cross and find life, the water spring of life. John 1, verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Brothers and sisters, it's just that simple. That's where the life is. And we get it one way, by taking up the cross. John 5, 21. This is Jesus. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son hath not the Father, but a which has sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. The water spring of life, John 11. Verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Oh, brothers and sisters, here is our water spring of life. Revelation 22, verse 1. <clears throat> And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That is a tremendous picture, brothers and sisters. You have this river. You have this river of water. You have this river of water of life. Wrap your mind around that. It's not just a river. It's not just a pure river. But it's a river with the water of life. And not, not only is it the river of the water of life. But it, it, it flows out of the very throne of God. This water flows out of the very throne of God. Out of Christ. Out of Jesus. And Every time we say no to the flesh, yes to the spirit, 
yes to Christ, we receive of this life. Praise the Lord. That is precious. And as she said, since he has gone this way, he calls his sheep to come after him. It is the way to the water spring of life. Oh, may we go that way. Number two, the way of the cross. She says here, it's the way of the prophets, the apostles, and the martyrs. It's the way we need to go. And I had to think as far as the world is concerned, this is not a very popular and acceptable crowd to follow. Prophets didn't have a very good track record. If they were true prophets, many of them were hated, despised, and killed and stoned. This is the way of the prophets. This is the way of the apostles. Only John died a natural death. I understand. All the rest were martyred. This is the way of the apostles. <clears throat> I'm now going the way of the prophets, apostles, and martyrs to drink from the cup which they drank. They weren't a very popular and acceptable crowd to follow as far as the world was concerned. But I don't know if you're in John yet, but turn to John 15. Verse 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Sobering. But it is the way of the cross. And I had to think, you know, and I, and I know we, we know this, that we're probably not given grace and even the power of imagination to imagine the sufferings that they went through. But we're, we don't need it right now, right? We don't need that amount of grace to... to, to to really think how it would be to face the cross or face drowning. We don't need that grace right now. But we do need the grace for our daily crosses. And are we finding grace for our daily crosses? That is the important question. Then when this cross may come, might come to some of us, then I think we'll have such a vision of the water spring of life that there will be no problem. 
with peace to give our children in the care of someone else, with peace as the fire is flying out of that jet jet engine. Pray, I believe, with peace. What an honor to just calm that plane down because she was walking in the Spirit of God. What an honor. It's okay, it's okay, Lord. There is another story that I've heard that this individual was on a, on, a, on a ship and a storm came upon them and they weren't sure if they were going to make it through the storm and the individual prayed and said, Lord, it's okay. Uh, this individual was en route to see family somewhere and, and this individual had family in heaven. And he said, it's okay, Lord. If, if we don't make the storm, I'll see my family in heaven. If we make it, I'll see my family at the destination. What grace upon the heart. Oh, my. May we go the way of the cross. <clears throat> Turn with me to Hebrews 10 for another scripture on this point. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll be doing quite a bit of paging here, so if you can follow along, that would be good. Hebrews 10, verse 32. The way of the cross, the way that Christ and the apostles and the prophets went. Hebrews 10, 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated or your eyes were opened to to the grace of God, to the gospel, ye endured a great fight of affliction, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me, in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing that in yourself, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them who believe to the saving of the soul. Verse 34, it says, Knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. And I think it's very, very important and very good for us from time to time to just think of our heavenly substance, think what we have in heaven, and lay that beside what we have on earth and, 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 and think about it. If I am called to, to, to give up these things on the earth, how will it affect me? And run through that exercise in our mind and think about it. Would I leave this for that, how would, it be, how would it affect me? And while we think about that, we just, we just let the, 
we just let this over here, the earthly things, come down in value and the other come up in value. And we set things straight and we realize that we have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Amen? We lay our possessions, everything we have besides our salvation. And we lay and we think of the enduring of our earthly possessions not long. They may, last a, they may last as a lifetime, but we can't take them with, them with us. They may not even last as a lifetime. Oh, it's important to think about that. To lay them beside each other and to go through the exercise and think about it. That when the time comes, we will be quick to say, I'll take this. I'll take this and leave that. That is the way of the prophets. The way of Christ, the way of the apostles, that's the way they went. Number three, she talked as the only way. It's the only way. She says here, Look, my son, there are no shortcuts. There is no easier option. We live in a day with a smorgasbord of options, they say. But be that as it may, you and I need to reckon with this thing in our hearts. Every alternate route leads to death. The way of life is found by few and walked upon by fewer yet. Very challenging. My child, don't follow the crowd. Keep your feet from the way of the majority because it leads to hell. And if you hear of a poor, needy, rejected little group that everyone makes fun of and hates, go there. When you hear of the cross, there is Christ. The only way. I know we know this, but it's probably good for us to think about it. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Oh, may the Holy Spirit open our eyes to clearly see this way. That it's Christ. If it's not Christ, it's not the way. If it's not the spirit and, and uh, if it doesn't have the aroma and spirit of Christ, it's not the way. If it's not the meekness of Christ, it's not the way. And, and, I, and I, I know the Holy Spirit will always, if we listen and, and die to self, it will lead us this way, the way of Christ. Acts 4, verse 12. <clears throat> Very well-known verse. Neither is, is there salvation in any other 
For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is one way, and it is the way of Christ. Revelation 20, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Just one way. Our name has to be written in the book of life through the blood of Jesus. No other way. No other way. One way. Okay, moving on. Number four. Listen to the instruction of your mother. My son, listen to the instruction of your mother. She says also here that something about the father. Remember that you do not belong to the world just like your father and mother did not belong to it. Be a true disciple of Christ and have no community with the world. Listen to the instruction of your mother. And what I'd like to just have us think about here is our duty as parents to instruct in instructing our children. Parents, let us not neglect our duty to instruct our children in the way they should go. We heard, we heard this there at the uh, leadership conference. But I just want us to think about that here a bit this morning and just afresh and anew lay it upon our hearts that that's our duty. That's our responsibility as parents to sit those little ones down and teach them, instruct them in the way they should go. My son, lead a life that fits the gospel, she said. And may the God of peace make you holy in body and soul. And I know we think now if we'd have an opportunity like this, we know we'd have the, the death sentence hanging over us. We'd probably all do that. We don't all, have that oppor- we don't all have that opportunity to know when our last opportunity is to instruct our children. So let's just do it. It's our God-given duty. I know we know these verses, but turn with me to Deuteronomy 6. And again, be reminded of these beautiful verses. Deuteronomy 6. Tomorrow morning, tonight, tomorrow morning, whenever you have your devotions, here we go. Instructing our little ones, our children. Deuteronomy 6, reading in verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commandeth you to teach, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. That ye mightest fear the Lord thy God. Good admonition there for the parents. To keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son. And thy son's sons all the days of thy life. And that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. That it may be well with thee. And that thou mayest increase mightily. As the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee. 
in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware. Beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and shalt serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods, after the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Amen. May that, may that revive our vision a little. Amen, brothers. May that revive our vision. What if this is your last chance? Have you said it? Have you said it strong enough? Moms, have you said it? Have you said it to your children? Do they have enough? If, if, if they heard your last admonition, we don't know. This mother knew, and she made a plea, and she wrote a little testament here. So let us be revived in this. Psalm 78. <clears throat> Psalm 78. Go there with me. Let us take serious this opportunity to pass on this wonderful instruction to our children. And teach them methodically. Psalm 78, verse 4. Well, let's, do in, let's start in 1. We'll go from 1 to 6. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have known and which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from we will not hide them from their children showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know know them even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children. Amen. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And so on there. 
Ephesians 6, verse 4. Very familiar verse. Listen to the instruction of your mother. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And here's one for you, ladies, Titus 2. You have your realm of teaching as well. Verse 3, that the aged women... That the aged women likewise, sorry, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. For you older ladies, right there it is. Teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet. Chase, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. You have a calling, sisters. You have a calling. You have a work. You have a tremendous opportunity to teach the younger women, and then that thing should just just keep snowballing, and then the younger ones grow up and be the older, and then they teach the next generation. So... Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Number five. What about this one? My son, struggle for what is right. Unto death. Struggle. Want to talk about struggle. Struggle for what is right. We don't like to struggle. We like when things are easy and we like when we can get things in a more easy fashion. But that we have found is not the normal Christian life. We struggle. You know, we're told in the scriptures we should go after these truths like gold. Like the miner goes after gold and mining is no easy job. Struggle for what is right. Struggle. Turn with me to Luke 13. Lessons on the Christian life here, the normal Christian life. Here we go. You don't just punch this one into the computer and it comes to you automatically and you're just fine to go your way. I don't think so. While the computer may, may, is, might be able to assist us in some things and it has its, has its place, but there comes a time when we need to flesh it out. We need to apply it to our hearts and, and that can be a struggle. Luke 13, verse 24. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Verse 23, they ask him a question, and this is the answer they got. Lord, are there few that be saved? Who wants to be saved? Let me see your hand. Amen. We all want to be saved. So we're all in this boat. Are there few that be saved? 
And he said unto them, Strive, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. To strive means to struggle. That's literally the definition of that word. To compete, figuratively, to contend with an adversary. So we hear, you know, I'm struggling in my prayer life. Well, I would rather hear that than to hear someone saying, I'm not, I'm not praying. Struggling in your prayer life is, is okay. You know, to get up and, and to do it, even if it doesn't feel like, like you're this spiritual giant that can just go right away into the presence of God and the connection is right there. I mean, you're plugged in and, and all is well. Many, many of us, it's not that way. We struggle, first of all, perhaps when you're, when you're going into prayer with just lots of distractions and, and maybe condemnations and maybe unbelief, but, but just stay at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. You remember that Jesus prayed three times in the garden of his Gethsemane. And he asked the others to pray with him, but they just fell asleep. And so he left them and prayed again, struggling, struggling. I think God heard his prayer all three times. But he was just struggling. Struggling in making applications of scripture. You know, life is not just cut and dried. It's not just all easy. And we have to figure out, how do I make this work in my life? She said here, my son, have... uh, I know it's in here. Do not keep two of anything because others are sure to need what you do not. Now, I'm not going to put anyone under condemnation and go home and we're going to get rid of every second item that we have. That's like something else we had. But I think it is a good exercise to look at all the things we have and do a little thing in our mind to say, How can I use this for the kingdom? You know, maybe I can give something that someone else needs and make this thing work. Amen? You know, to apply it, to somehow make this thing work because that is a principle in the Bible. You know, if someone asks of us a coat, we should give them one and, and so on. So the principle should be at work in our life. And, and I think it's good that Maybe we do tone down in some of the things that we have too much on. And just the point is, we, are, we, we struggle to make the application and we don't just say, oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't apply to me. It's grace. No, we try and make the applications to these principles that Christ taught. And we do see a needy individual and we do make an effort and we do reach out. 
and we do give and we do help, these things are a struggle. We see beggars in Iowa City. What shall we do with them? Shall we give every time? Well, maybe we should give some of the time. Sometimes we could give and try and figure out what God wants me to do this time. It's a struggle. Striving. Staying, staying on fire for the Lord. You know, just to, to keep on the cutting edge. To keep at it. Uh, Dale Heisey, in, in one of his teachings, he likened it to as like a big caterpillar with a blade and he said what are we up against now what are we what is the spirit having us work at now what are we pushing at now the last thing we want to do is park it and put it away but we always want to be pushing forward there's a force against us and we always always want to be pushing forward you know maybe i maybe i've I failed my Bible reading, but by the grace of God, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make up for it. I'm going to make up for it. What are you pushing at next? What are you trying to overcome? Struggle. Songwriter put it like this. You know the song well, but I couldn't remember all the words, so I brought the book along. Wrong number. It's not an easy road. We are traveling to heaven. For many are the thorns on the way. It's not an easy road, but the Savior is with us. His presence gives us joy every day. It's not an easy road. There are trials and troubles, and many are the dangers we meet. But Jesus guards and keeps so that nothing can harm us and smooths the rugged path for our feet. Though I'm often footsore and weary from travel, though I'm often bowed down with care, a better day is coming, amen? When home in the glory will rest in perfect peace over there, but not here. Let's not rest yet. Amen. Let's not rest yet. These things, they want to slip away from us if we don't struggle to keep them. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. And I have one more point to go and then we're done. 2 Peter 1. Second Peter 1, verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. That would be a tremendous testimony to have 
can never fall. I know there's grace and I know the righteous man falls, but it would be better that we don't fall. It would be better that we don't fall. And it says to give diligence to make our calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. And we know that comes after that whole list of adding to our faith. That's what that's all there for. But I want to I consider the word diligence for just a bit here. It means to use speed to make an effort, to be prompt and earnest. And that's how we should live our Christian life. Last point. She says here, speak of them. Keep the commandments. Remember his words. Write them on your heart and bind them on your forehead. Speak of them day and night, and you will become a fruitful plant. Speak of them. I think it's very important that we have a habit and practice sharing, testifying of the grace of God. Very, very important for our own good and for those around us. The importance of testimony. Speaking solidifies our faith. You may have faith, but if you never speak it, it'll never be really solidified. But if you speak it, it's solidified as it says in Romans 10, 9, that with the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's very, very, very important for us to speak, not just at, at the initial onset, but along the way. Speak. Speak forth your faith. Speak forth our faith. Speak of these things, she says. Day and night. Speaking exercises faith. God said, the Bible says, open thy mouth and I will fill it. Sometimes we're just not sure what to say, but try opening your mouth and watching God fill it. Speaking exercises faith. Speaking produces results. Speaking produces results. If you're a struggling Christian, if you have problems in your life, try, try testifying. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. That's part of it. That's not all of it, but that's part of it. And if you, if you haven't spoken, testified, I am really serious. I believe you're dwarfed. It hinders your experience. Speaking produces results. Speaking fills the soul. Ephesians says, speak to yourselves. And that'd be loud enough that others hear it too. But speak to yourselves, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. And thus, you will be filled with the Spirit. Is your Christian life dry? Do you need to be filled? Speak it out. Speak the promises of God. It's very important. David said, I have believed and therefore I spoke. We need to do that too. Turn to 2 Corinthians 4.13. If you believe, speak. 2 Corinthians 
And I know you, you can't get water out of an empty cistern, but if you're a Christian and you are taking in, there should be some water there. Amen? And another big problem is if we always put water in and never give, it, give much out, it becomes stagnant after a while. So it's good to have that replenish with new, fresh water from the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. Yeah, the apostle said this here, and he's quoting from Psalms 116, David's words. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. And what do we speak? Verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus. That should be our testimony. <clears throat> Last reference, turn with me to Psalms 116 to, to, to read David's testimony there. Psalms 116. I hope this was encouraging this morning for our spiritual lives. Psalms 116. He says it in verse 10. I believed, Psalms 116 verse 10. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. We talked about struggle this morning. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Good question. What shall we pay God back for all his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. You know that God gave us salvation so we can turn around and use it to call upon the Lord. That's beautiful. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. That sounds like a testimony to me. God, in the presence of all people, I will serve you. I love you, Lord. Whatever he said, whatever those vows were, I don't know, but he did it in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh, Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Usually that comes with words, right? I mean, we can, we, can, we can serve the Lord otherwise. We can do things that I think show God we're thankful, but words are one. Words are one. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. There it is again. We don't say it for people to hear it necessarily or to impress people at least. We don't testify to impress people. We testify to bless the Lord, to thank the Lord. We testify that we have experienced his salvation. <clears throat> in the courts of the Lord's house, 
in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. <clears throat> well, I know we don't believe in women preachers, but you just heard a sermon of one today. <laughs> May God bless it. May God bless that message. Praise God. <clears throat>